doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dr. Homebrew. Brian and Brian and I are here to judge some homebrew, and we have uh, we're going to have one homebrewer on, and then we're going to be talking. We're going to be bullshitting, I guess, right, Brian Cooper? Yes, that's we're, what we do best. Yeah, and we're going to not, you know, why break a good formula? That's true, uh, except you know because sometimes you need to destroy something beautiful. <sighs> no. um, what's yeah. what's the beer we're going to be drinking from, Evan, Brian? We have uh, it's 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 not something you get every day. We have an international pale lager. It's a, it's a category two A in the BJCP twenty fifteen guidelines. So okay, and but, it's a hard beer to make. I would argue. Okay, I don't know if I've had an international pale lager before. I'm very curious, about, but I don't. I won't have it. This Actually, time Heineken. Either. Looking at the style guidelines, uh, international pale lager example would be a Heineken. Oh, really? So Lagunitas, yeah, yeah. Lagunitas. So I've had Lagunitas beer before. So I guess I have or had the, it. Uh, <laughs> Asahi Coop Super Dry. I have had that. Okay, I'll. I'm. I think I like this style. They also categorize the full sale session premium lager as a as a two A. Really? Okay. Red Red Stripe, Mon. Red Stripe or Singha. Lots of lots of you've had all those beers, man. You've had so many international pale lagers you don't even know it. Asahi Super Dry and Red Stripe are different beers. There are yeah, different interpretations. That's a wide-ass category, sure. man. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. And then what are we going to be jabberjawing about? Whatever Brian wants to talk about. Brian, what do you Brian want to too. talk about? Brian, too? Uh, just first, like initially, or like later on in the show? Um, later on in the show. Later on in the show, we're going to be talking about uh, how you take get, get set up for taking the BJCP exam. Uh, whether you're uh, in quarantine or maybe you're out in the country, you don't have any uh, homebrew club or you just don't like people. You don't want to be in a homebrew club and get a study group. <laughs> How do you get prepared for taking the exam? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Well, I'll look forward to it. I'll tell you what right now. Hold on. Why did I just I unmute? I, I muted a bunch of people. I didn't mean to do that. I don't understand Zoom, dude. I'm not a Zoom guy. I don't get it. It's too packed full of features. Uh, so if you're antisocial, but you're a really mm. good judge somehow. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that show when we were kids called? I think I'm older than you guys a little, but remember that show no. called Zoom on PBS? Zoom. Come on and zoom, 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 uh, zoom. And they were like middle schoolers. They did science stuff. And it was like really cool. Like no. when I was about like eight. No, brother. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that remembers that. <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> I remember, uh, maybe a little I remember weird. Captain, Captain Kangaroo, but I think it was in reruns by then. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Black and white. Man, I found a bunch of, uh, I probably should admit that. I, I found a bunch of... Um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood online for Al. Alice oh, likes wow. Mr. Rogers. He still he still is relevant, and she like wants to watch Mr. Rogers now. Yeah, it's kind of cool. My my dad uh, hated my, that my, show. Why? The best part about the show. <laughs> I don't know. He never said. Mm. But if he if he came home, we were watching Mr. Rogers. He'd get mad. 
Probably because Mr. Rogers could relate wow. to you and he couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, we we got the new uh, HBO service just so my son was getting into some, a newer version of Scooby-Doo that they put out a few years ago. Mm. And we got him started on the classics and he's hooked, man. It's like, <laughs> he's got a little goth in him. So he's, he's that, that kind of creepy, like that meddling kids. He like, yes, he just giggles and he, he loves it, man. Okay. That's cool, man. But the sound effects on that stuff is just like, whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, it's classic. like all those analog sound effects they did is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah classic, man. Classic just classic stuff. stuff. I love it. What else I love is five star chemicals. Not only are they nice people and they make good products, but they're the title supporter of our show. They're the main supporter of the show. They've been with us from day one, and we couldn't do the show without them. So I really, really appreciate them. It was hard not to be able to go to HomebrewCon this year and and not mm. stop by the booth and say hi. Uh, that was a little frustrating, but uh, you know it is what it is. Hopefully by next year, this whole mess will be cleaned up, and we'll have a, a vaccine, and we'll be getting to smell each other's beer farts in the in the elevators. I really look forward to doing that. <laughs> Doing uh, elevator uh, barley wine verticals. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, Five Star Chemicals, uh, they make the chemicals that help you make good beer. If you're cleaning and sanitizing with a one application, uh, you know, concoction of chemicals, you're doing it wrong. It's just, it's ineffective. You need to do two steps and that's clean with PBW and sanitize with Star Sand. That's what you do. So you go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check them out. Learn what they're all about. If you're not using them, do it. If your homebrew shop doesn't carry them, demand that they do. Or go somewhere else. Quite frankly, it's one of those products that you should really be, you know, uh, shopping for. It's 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 good stuff. So check it out, please. What what are those what are those one step things actually do? I mean, do they magically switch from a like a weak base to a, a weak acid or something somehow? Like it, yeah. it shifts in pH. Like I, I don't even know. No, I it's, never got it's, that. PHE almost. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't That's get right. bamboozled. Use the real stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a fast break here, everybody, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to have Evan on with his international pale lager. Hang tight. This is Dr. Homebrew. Okay. okay. And, now, and now we're going to come back. And there. There we go. Break happened. Okay. Break, break, break. All, All right. right. Thanks a lot, everybody. We are back here with Evan, Evan, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Evan, can you hear us? We got you. Loud and clear. Yeah. yeah. How's it going, man? Pretty beautiful. It's it's going. It's definitely going. <laughs> All right. Right on, man. So you sent an international pale lager. Is this a first kind of beer that you've done like this, or is it one of your you know styles you go back to? Um, it's I done it. It's you know also I classify it as a quote unquote Mexican lager, but um to meet style guidelines I put it in as a two A. Okay. But yeah, I've done it a couple times now. Nice. Awesome man. Awesome. Uh all right. Well hey, let's get going with um let's do Brian Shower again. Why not? We he was lead off right. on the first show and I feel like uh let's just kind of throw him right in there. All right. Well thank thanks JP. Uh so Evan just to start off I, I have to ask, are you in a homebrew club? I am not. I am a, a nomad, I guess you could say. <laughs> nomad always sounds so much He's better a than a gypsy lone. brewer. <laughs> yeah. It's like a nomad's not going to get you on a watch list, but like a lone wolf probably would. Uh, yeah, exactly. You want to be on the watch list. Uh, so this, this, I really like this beer a lot. Uh, 
and just we were chatting a little bit before the show, like, uh, or maybe is it earlier in the show? And it's been a long, long day. Uh, like Heineken is an example uh, of one of these, right? This is one of the classic styles. So if you're thinking about what's an international pale lager, something like a Heineken or an Asahi Super Dry is, is this style. Uh, the aroma, uh, low level of aroma overall, uh, which is appropriate for this style. Uh, I got like a weird initial candy-like whiff off of this when I first opened the bottle and poured it. And then it went away and I never smelled it again. So I think that was maybe just me. Uh, or maybe there were Oreos in the kitchen. I don't know. Uh, but I, I did, that didn't affect the score at all. Uh, malt is uh, at a low level. There's a very low spicy hop aroma. And it might be low enough that I talked myself into thinking it was there. Uh, no DMS, no off aromas. Kind of the key to this is to have, uh, I mean, this is international pale lager. There's not a lot to it. So this is not one of these beers where you're going to have huge hop aromas, huge malt aromas. Everything was appropriate for style. Gave it 10 out of 12. Appearance, uh, straw color. There's a low persistent head. And it's, it's crystal clear. I mean, you can probably even tell from my laptop camera just how clear this beer is. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I So kudos on that. I, homebrew. Uh, is so difficult to get clear no matter what you try sometimes. And this is really an amazingly clear beer. Three out of three. Flavor, uh, initially the character is malty at, at a low level. Bitterness comes up to balance uh, mid-palate. No hop flavor. Uh, very well attenuated. The finish is, I think, balanced really well between uh, the bitterness and the malt and is of a moderate duration. Uh, I didn't get any obvious sulfur. I mean, usually in a lager, you get some hint of a, a sulfur from the yeast. And I'll be curious later on if you did use a lager yeast or if you used a Quebec or an ale yeast or something. We'll chat about that later on. Uh, but overall, really liked the flavor. I gave it 15 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, the body is low. Carbonation's moderate. No warming. Uh, more perky than creamy, no astringency, five out of five. Overall impression was an eight. Uh, this is a well-made beer with, with no off flavors. Uh, it's balanced well between malt and bitterness. I, I do think a little bit of hop flavor would be, be welcome. It's not absolutely required for the style, but I think it would kind of give it a little bit more complexity without making it over the top or changing the kind of style this beer is. So overall, 41. Excellent. I really like this. So, wow. Uh, and Brian's kind of looking at me on Zoom like, uh, maybe the score's going to be different. We'll find <laughs> out. Oh. All right, Brian yeah, Cooper. We didn't really with, discuss this beer. With that cliffhanger uh, segue, we got to, you know, you got to come back with something good here. All right. Yeah, so sometimes, you know, if you get a really good, uh, well-made international pale lager, um, that, that blows you away as a judge. It can, it can, it can steal the show. So uh, definitely it's something that um, there's, there's at least nothing to hide behind because there are not a lot of strong flavors in the beer at all. Hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, it's a premium version of a standard American lager basically. Yeah. And uh, you know, outside of the, the United States developed as kind of an imitation of the American style. Um, and it can tend to be drier or less bitter um, 
but then, you know, the Mexican ones are different and it's, you know, there's yeah. some, some wide variety. Um, it's probably something they could expand upon when they, when they update the guidelines, but maybe they don't want to, cause this is a style that, you know, sometimes people may pick on a little bit. It's like, Oh, you're going to homebrew a, a, you know, a Corona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, you know, if you can make it better than Corona, which you probably could, uh, uh, you're doing a good job. Um, I also really like this beer. It's uh, It's got a pleasant low grainy malt aroma up front. And I also get a low spicy hop. Um, there's a decent amount of hop in the nose. It's not that, it's not that, it's not under hopped in, in the aroma at all to me. Um, you wouldn't want to go too much heavier than that, at least not with the, uh, you know, with any aroma hops that might be in there or any late later hops. I doubt that it's dry hopped. <laughs> um, there's, there's a... <laughs> I think I talked myself into a faint corn-like note, but it's really light overall. There's there's no uh, noticeable fruit-like esters. There's nothing really poking out in a nasty way. Um, didn't get any diacetyl or acid aldehyde. Uh, just generally very light. I almost talked and myself well into balanced. corn aroma. What's that, sure? Yeah. Like, like I was agreeing with Brian that I almost talked myself into corn aroma also. Hmm. I wasn't sure that it was well, there, something very, very. I wrote light. faint, yeah, a very faint corn-like note on the sheet. So, so it's, I it's, put it down. I, I believe it. I believe it is real. It's borderline. Uh, it sounds like color-wise, it's a pale. I would call this yellow gold. It's not straw. Straw to me is like where it's almost like water, and as you just see a hint of a, like a, dishwater, you oh. know, kind of light yellow color. Oh, your wow. cup's a lot. So your I'm cup's a lot it. thicker. Well, like I have yeah. a really thin cup, so it's the like it, it's why it's so devilishly hard to talk about color because it's so dependent well, on the drinking vessel. Yeah. Now, if we were going to be judging remotely, as we were talking about on the last show on a mm-hmm. Zoom judging, and we did this, this is an epic <laughs> fail. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to have to have something like standardized glasses, right? You're going to have people, right? And it's going and you're going to either have to all go out and buy them or send them to the, the, the judges. Same, a standard you're going to have to have judging the same tasting glass. Yeah. Yeah. Or the ones from Costco, the Ch- Chinette, whatever. Yeah, use those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, but it is beautifully clear and uh, has a very finely formed white head that persists quite well. I thought that was uh, fantastic. Sometimes – you know, these can just fizz up and it doesn't stick around, but there's something holding that head up. There's some proteins in there. Uh, it's not all, uh, you know, broken down to nothing. It's it's forming very well. The foam clings to the edge of the glass. It's a really nice head. I could not, I couldn't not give this beer three out of three for appearance, even though it's, it's a little maybe towards the darker side for style, but it's, um, it's very good. The head retention uh, redeems the, it. The head retention and the, the clarity, especially, yeah. Wonderful. And if you had any haze in the spirit, that would be probably a, a point off. <laughs> uh, flavor-wise, I get a, a moderate greeniness kicking in with the flavor. Um, with appropriately low bittering, it's just very background, just enough to balance. Uh, light floral, spicy hop, a hint of um, – I thought I got a hint of some kind of like – a little touch of a honey-like note creeping in there. I thought it could be like kind of a, a slight dullness, like creeping in a little bit of a hint of an oxidation, but not 
not pain-free by any means. Um, it, it, it's it's just I got a little hint of something there that that it didn't bug me that much. Yeah. So it's just a really fine point. Um, clean fermentation. Um, I like this beer enough that I that I recapped the bottle last night after I judged it, and I went out to my garage and I I pushed some CO two into the top of the bottle. I recapped this thing and put it in my fridge because I wanted to retaste it because mm-hmm. I knew it would probably lose some of its carbonation. But I'm I'm not I'm amazed how how much it tastes like it, it did last night. I think I it was a quick and dirty recapping, but it it saved the flavor nice. and it tastes you know it's maybe a little more. A little bit dulled from what it was last night, but it was it was bright and perky last night, and it's still pretty pretty much there. Um, so yeah, uh, very clean fermentation. It's balanced to the malt. That grainy malt kind of lingers into the aftertaste a little bit, but it dries off enough. It's 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 a dry finish as it should be. Um, in the mouthfeel, it's light bodied. You know, not 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 super light either. It's it's definitely not like a light beer it's a it's just light bodied it's not too much toward medium it's kind of just where it should be um had a moderately high carbonation uh, good job getting the, the co2 into the bottle and getting it to the right state where it pours properly that's half the battle there if you can do that consistently you're doing a good job um it's crisp there's no astringency or any harsh bite um sometimes these things can have a little bit of a carbonic bite but i think you're just restrained enough on the co2 where it's just pushing medium high and it's not going up to high so um yeah here comes the wind uh no warmth or any creamy sensations um but yeah just refreshing dries right off the palate as it should um i would say this is a very well crafted international pale lager um using some excellent ingredients and uh the brewing process um it's a delicate beer. It doesn't have, you know, we don't have much to hide behind here. Um, leaving just a very faint oxidative note, uh, really only noticeable in the flavor. And um, it, it's not, you know, the aroma is good. It doesn't smell like honey. Um, but I think, you know, I think there, you did a pretty good job bottling this. The, the, you know, the mass breweries that do these beers, they, get their oxygen down to, you know, three parts per billion. And I, you know, I, I you know, most <laughs> uh, craft breweries are lucky if they get, you know, really good if they get to, you know, 50 or a hundred or something. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Well, I mean, the big, the bigger ones do a better job. I, I don't know what all their numbers are. So I know some small craft breweries that have their own deal meters, but you know, they're not, they're not easy to come by or cheap. So those are the people that, that, uh, really care about what and pay attention to what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, tasting this again, there's not a big oxidative flavor in it. It's just, it was just a fine point that I pointed out. So, uh, but that's what we're, that's what we're here yeah. to do, right? We're here to, we're here to pick nits a little bit. Hop flavor. So Brian said the hop flavor could come up a little bit. I think I'm getting enough hop flavor to balance. It's not, the bitterness is really low, and I liked that. I wouldn't want it to be any more bitter. A little more hop flavor might not hurt, but then you might start start getting some aroma that would be too much because it that CO two when it's that highly carbonated pushes off. You know, every you know what is there will come right off and 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 push up into the um, the headspace of the glass and get into your nose. And yeah. if you get too hoppy on it, it's just going to be too much. So you got to use some restraint. You could just a tiny touch, maybe in a middle hop or something, but not aroma hops, I would say. Hmm. 
Yeah, that, that's a good um, point, yeah, Brian. A, and I think as it, mine has warmed up because it's like you know, it's like eighty degrees in here. Uh, this is probably up to like eighty or so. And now that it's warmer, I get some low hop flavor that I didn't before. Yeah. So yeah, in a in a, in a bigger, more flavorful, flavorful beer, you know, there's you have more to hide behind, and that that little note that I got is not going to even be noticeable, but. Um, <laughs> I gave the beer a 38. I thought it was a, a very, uh, uh, an excellent beer. I mean, that's excellent territory, and that's a that's a respectable s- score. I think this this could be one that would take a a, a ribbon in a competition. Yeah. Um, up against you know, a, a lot of the other international pale lagers I've had in my in a competition. <laughs> I, I rarely judge that category because I'll just say, like, ah, just give me the IPAs or something or, or stouts or yeah, you, English you, beers. But, you would uh, do that. All right, well, that's very good. Yeah. That's very good. Take uh, me to where the flavor is, but for what it is, this is a very good beer. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Evan. I think that's Flavor Town. That's right. Uh, Evan, let's let's uh, hit your recipe up if uh, if you have it handy, and we can uh, chat about that and then go into what the guy said. Yeah, definitely. Um, some interesting notes there, so I'll, I'll run through this. Um, I started off with uh, RO water. I have an RO system hooked up to my, my garage. So I, I start there and I build it up very light to a lager profile, a little bit of calcium chloride and just a little bit of gypsum. Um, eight and a half pounds of Pilsner, uh, two pounds of flaked maize, and then uh, one pound, 12 ounces, so one and three quarters of uh, Vienna malt to fit the, the malt bill. Um, after that, I had a, a half an ounce of tetanang at first wort. It was a, a 90 minute boil, standard five gallon batch. Um, and then, uh, we went into about a half an ounce at 60 minutes and then, uh, two ounces of motueka and three quarters of an ounce of tetanang right at whirlpool. So I, I did kind of mm. hop it quite a bit at the end, um, uh, but no real middle hop. So it was yeah. kind of interesting you said that. Um, chilled it to a uh, 66, um, pitched with a two and a half liter starter of Mexican lager from white labs, WLP 940. There you go. Uh, after about, after about 12 hours, once activity started, I dropped it to 55 for another 12 hours and then, uh, dropped it down to 48 for four days for my primary and then let it free rise back up to 60 for seven days and then cold crash back down to 34 and left it there for another 30 days. Wow. Roughly 30 days. I probably started drinking it up then, but <laughs> <laughs> good month of lagering. So yeah, the, I, the I am so impatient yeah. with lagering. So. <laughs> oh bro. It's the hardest. It's the hardest. It's it, so cleaned, hard. it cleaned everything up. This is a good job. I, I'm yeah. sure from the keg, it was even a little, a little bit better than what we got in the bottles and, uh, but you did a good job of bottling too. What are you using? A, a yeah. Gun? So I was, that was kind of one of the bigger things. I was curious to see how it would hold up. So I have a Blicken beer gun that I love and I've used forever, but I came across a, another counter pressure filler called the tap cooler. Uh, it's a, it's a little, it's, it's so easy. It, it literally attaches straight to the, the tap. It's got a telescoping pole that comes into the bottle and then a CO2 inlet on the side. And uh, you hook it up, you purge the bottle, you open the tap until it stops pouring, which is about like a eighth of the bottle. And then you just start releasing pressure from a, a button on the side until you get to where you want to pull it off and, and purge and cap wow. again. So, mm. 
it's an extremely simple process and I, I, I love the little thing cause it's easy cleanup and not having to hook up extra lines for the keg and everything. Right. It's just pouring straight off the tap. So yeah, you just pour it. I was, I was good to tap. hear it did well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and That's I'm sure cool. you clean your taps real carefully first and get that, get that good. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So clean thing before sick. you hook it all up and everything. But it was pretty, yeah, I was curious to see how it actually hold up in it. It's good. The carbonation and, and everything came out good. So yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't foam up a lot when you're bottling. They probably freeze. No, not at all. Actually. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's stupid. How oh. simple thing. <laughs> Tell them to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about, have you ever hops. thought? Yeah. You guys want to talk hops, about his hops yeah. real fast? Yeah. So there was, I was surprised how much later hop there was in there. That, yeah. That's interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't, it's not, not overpowering. So I don't be Yeah, I get you take a little bit somewhere, you like a yeah, not the middle, maybe a twenty or fifth twenty or fifth edition, just to get a little hop flavor. And and at and accent that aroma that's there. Cause the aroma is nice, it's right where it should be, but then in the flavor you get, you know, it's maltier. Um have you ever thought of doing an actual um cereal mash instead of cheating and using that flaked maze? <laughs> I know it's have you easy. About it's it? easy. Who wants to boil <laughs> corn grits on their stove for half a freaking hour? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the people that do the well, and stuff. And once my wife gnarly. listens to this episode and, and I explain to her what that would entail, we'll, we'll see how that works. <laughs> hey, we'll back cool. you up, whatever you want us to say. Yeah. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. No, this is a, that's really a well, well done beer. Nicely done. And uh, I wish I could have some. So you were at a, what were you at, Brian? You had a 41 or 42? 41, yeah. So we were both, we were within three points. We both had an excellent. So considering we didn't even talk about it, that's good. That's, uh, I think it's a pretty good uh, couple of data points. Yeah, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back there, Char. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just know how, I know how hard it is to make this beer too. And yeah. Okay, now there's a little haze when I pour out the last little bit. Uh huh. But uh, see that, Evan. Let's see how it tastes with that. <laughs> this still tastes pretty good. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. What else do you like? To, what else do you like to do? Do you do a lot of lagers? Uh, this is actually the only lager yeah. I do. I, I do a Kolsch as well, but um, I've only done that a couple yeah. times. I, I obviously I, I'm a big IPA guy. To be honest with you, I do a pretty yeah, a pretty decent West Coast IPA. It's done pretty well in competition, but I, I sent the log ring because I was, you know, trying to keep yeah. uh, JP happy there. So, well, of I didn't, you even, didn't even get to try it. I didn't get any. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even get it. You could have sent the IPA. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Evan. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, since you've done so well with this, uh, maybe try a German. Uh, <laughs> try a German pills or something. Uh, that could yeah. be fun. You know, it's got. I definitely want to get random. Yeah, like, I, I drink so much IPA, and I've, I've been trying to. I started out tonight with a German Pilsner from one of our local breweries here, a Shadow Puppet from Livermore. Um, they make a pretty good variety of beers. Not you know, they make good IPAs and hazy IPAs, but they also make a lot of you know, they make kettle sours and. Well, tell them to buy advertising stuff Brian, too. On. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've been on some of the shows on the BN before. They're friends yeah, of the show for but, sure. Uh, no, I'm just trying to, my point is I've, I've been trying to just not drink just IPAs all the time. 
Yeah. I mean, I, right now I'm drinking a blood orange IPA. But. Well, there you go. Is <laughs> that, um, I'm drinking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It's a little different. Um, all right, Evan, do you have any final questions for the guys? Uh, no, honestly, you guys, okay. you guys are going to hit everything I was curious about. And I got, I got some notes I took down. So I'll, I'll you know, mess with the recipe a little bit and, and see how it turns out. Cool. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I Don't change the water. You're doing a good job with water and keep, yeah, getting the carbonation in the bottle. Doing a lot of things right, brother. Nicely done. Cool. Nice. Right on, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Evan. Thanks, dude. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Evan. Bye. Cheers, guys. All right, later. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, but before I do, I want to tell you guys that Finn is in, according to the folks at Duke Cannon. What am I talking about? I'm talking about their new line of thick, high-viscosity body wash. You can pick up one for 9 bucks a piece or get the whole line, all four, for 30 bucks. There's a sense... Like accomplishment, naval supremacy, old glory, and productivity. Head over to DukeCannon.com and use promo code BREWING and you save 15% off your entire order. And it's not even just the order of the thick body wash. They have uh, the solid cologne. They have so much other stuff over there at DukeCannon.com. You will definitely, definitely hit your free shipping uh, plateau, I guess, or whatever, uh, which is 35 bucks. So... Any order that you make over $35, you get free shipping. And then if you use promo code BREWING, you save 15% off your whole order. It's not just off of one thing. It's off everything. So check them out. Check out the range of Duke Cannon men's premium products over at DukeCannon.com. All right. We're up for a break, everybody. Stay tuned. We will be right back to hear Brian Shar wax poetical-like. About, I don't know, something or other. We'll find out, I guess. All right, hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, 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 I'm poetic. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. Hey, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We're here with, uh, well, with nobody, uh, but we're here by the people. I'm always joined with Brian Cooper and Brian Shar, and Mr. Shar is going to give um, a little dissertation, I suppose, about preparing for the BGCP exam in the days of COVID-19, which, of course, means a lot of Zoom calls. Is that right, Shar? Exactly. Thanks, JP. Uh, yeah, this is. we talked about this a couple of shows ago uh, about... Well, first thing, if you're a listener of Dr. Homebrew, then you love the details of homebrewing. You're into all this stuff. You're the BJCP's target audience for becoming a judge. And if you're in quarantine, you're in shelter in place, maybe we'll be doing that again in the fall or next year. Who knows? We might be doing this for the rest of our lives. <laughs> God, no. Uh, but we might be quarantining again. So you're going to have some time on your hands to do some some studying. And I, I would strongly encourage everyone who listens to this show who is not a BJCP judge to at least investigate it, think about it, maybe take the initial online exam and give it a try. You're the people that are the best equipped and most interested in this process uh, to, be, to be a judge. So a lot of these things I'm going to talk about are things that will be useful for people who are 
maybe not near a club. Maybe you're living super rural and you're not near people. Maybe you don't want to be in a homebrew club. Uh, you know, if you are more interested uh, in studying by yourself, whether you're forced to by quarantine or not, this hopefully will be be useful. Now, the authoritative source for all of this is uh, BJCP.org, the official BJCP website. So anything that you're curious about, you can pretty much get answered there. Uh, so before talking about how to prepare, we'll talk about the structure of the program and how you actually start to become a judge. If you're just starting out, there's an exam. The exam has two pieces. The first piece is the online exam. And the second piece is the tasting exam. Uh, passing the online exam gets you into the, pro, into the BJCP program with a rank of provisional. Uh, you've got a year after that to take the beer judging exam, uh, where you taste and score six beers as if you were at a competition. Uh, and if you don't take that tasting exam within that year, you have to go back and take the online exam again, which is really not a big deal. Uh, if you're a judge that already has a rank, you've passed the online exam and the beer judging exam, you can advance to a certified rank without doing anything else. And for a lot of people, that's enough. A lot of people aren't interested in you know, collecting ranks. They just like the process. They like going to competitions. Uh, and they don't have the time or the interest in, in trying to advance more. Uh, if you want you do to have to score um, 70, 70 or above to, to get to that point. Like, so you, if you, well, that's you correct. Know, 60 is passing, you, you, you're recognized from 60 to 69. And then with experience points and a 70 point or higher exam score, then right. you get certified just a, a fine point. But yeah, yeah, no, that that's exactly right. I'm just kind of thinking I'm, I'm focusing on like what exams you have to take at what point. So if you right. want to move up the national, uh, you have to, you need three things. Uh, you need to have 10 experience points. That's pretty easy to get from judging competitions. You need a score of 80 or higher on the beer judging exam. And you have to pass a beer written exam, which is 20 true and false questions and then five essay questions in 90 minutes. And that's an in-person uh, test, the same way that's always been. And uh, the reason the exams are structured this way is that Many years ago, there was a backlog of over a year to judge all the exams because so many people wanted to join the program. And they, we needed to find some way of clearing that backlog. And what BJCP did, I think it was really smart, was to go to an online exam just to get you in the program and then save the written exam for folks that want to move up to national and, and higher. Yeah, so, it's an entrance examination, and it's yeah, it's it, it'd definitely be a challenge even for somebody who knows craft beer really well and, and hasn't taken the time to study the guidelines. They're not going to do very well on it. There's a lot of no. uh, fine comparisons and a lot of multiple choice questions with multiple answers that you have to get right. I would also exactly. clarify for, for to take the to take that next test you, to 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 qualify for national, you have to also have. Uh, you have to have 20 total points and 10 judging experience points. So um, you can get experience points from stewarding. And that's the way a lot, of, a lot of things I recommend for judges is to steward a competition once these things start up. But uh, right. a fine point. I'll let Brian continue. No, totally. No, that's why we're happy. Well, you're the BJCP regional rep, man. I mean, you are I, <laughs> I'm supposed to <laughs> so know you this have stuff. more data about this stuff than, than I do. So please, uh, uh, you know, uh, we're having a discussion rather than me just you know, reading to everybody. Uh, so 
you get on board the program with the online exam. That's first step. Uh, if you've never had any exposure to the BJCP before, that's what you do. Uh, you prep for that, I think, in a lot of ways, similar to how you prepare in a group class if you're doing it by yourself. The online exam is $10 to take. It's not very pricey. You can take it once a day. So I guess one approach is you can just go sit down and spend $10 every day and just brute force your way through. I wouldn't recommend that uh, unless you want to give the BJCP a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> the exam has 180 questions. It is a one-hour exam, which puts you on a pace for three questions per minute. Uh, I'm, I'm old enough that the online exam wasn't a thing that I had to do. Uh, but I, the idea here, so I've never had to take it myself. The idea here at three questions a minute, it's preventing you from looking up every answer. You couldn't possibly finish if you had to stop and look up everything, uh, on that exam. So how do you prepare for that? Well, the BJCP exam center has a lot of study resources and that's bjcp.org slash exam center or just type BJCP Exam Center into your browser of choice. It'll take you there. Uh, there are some of the resources include uh, BJCP.org slash course has eight classes, no video, uh, but it takes you through a lot of what's going to be on the exam. There is the BJCP study guide, which includes a lot of that information. Uh, the BJCP style guidelines, which you know, you don't have to memorize everything in there. You know, I'm I'm a grandmaster judge, and I have never memorized all of this, all of the style numbers. I know people that can, that are you know, like recognized judges that can rattle off the number for each style. I've never been able to do that, and I never will. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and more importantly, you don't need to. It doesn't make no. you. It doesn't make you a better judge. It just makes you no. someone who. Uh, needs a hobby. No, I don't know. Right. Which beer yeah. judging can be. What I was told. Yeah, that's that's something too that you know uh, people that are interested in judging and prospective judges who are really really have good palates and like craft beer and work hard to understand styles. They get intimidated by that. And yeah, if you yeah. just sit down and tell them, look, you know these beers. You know roughly what color it should be. You smell it. You know roughly what it should smell like. You know where the bitterness should be. You know how the balance of that beer is. Is it a malt balanced beer? Is it this? Is it red or is it yellow or is it brown? You know, yeah. Yeah. just generally, where is this beer? You can you can figure that stuff out if you if you've tasted enough of a certain style. Exactly, exactly. But you don't have to memorize the style guidelines. You never will. I mean, the thing is, what Brian, a hundred pages long, eighty pages long. It's pretty. The twenty fifteen one is pretty yeah. long, but. You it doesn't hurt to read read them as you're tasting, yeah, as you're tasting yeah, a certain style. Exactly. Just read them, read through it, and it's like, okay, do I get that in this beer? Some examples might not have all the attributes that it, you know, or it might just be a bad version of the style. You're tasting exactly. at a bar somewhere, <laughs> or a badly abused bottle that traveled exactly. between two thousand and six thousand miles. So yeah, it's not always going to be like, oh, this beer tastes exactly like what it says. You know, you need exactly. to find your perceptions and and get to the point where you can pick out what what is there and what a style should taste like and smell like exactly for sure i feel like so brewing classic styles Hmm. uh is is a great resource you know if you're a home brewer you probably own this already uh and if you don't it's a great resource uh it's got uh, jamil zanishev's recipes for essentially all of the i think the pre-2015 styles 
Uh, and it does not like that's the only way to do it, but I think it's written in a very accessible way uh, that helps you understand what's happening and helps put it into your brain. So that that's a good book. Uh, John Palmer's How to Brew. Uh, it used to be back in the day. Classic. Papazian's was it? I'm sorry, I'm just repeating myself. Classic, classic book, How to Brew. If you don't have <laughs> yes, How to yes. Brew, you're not a home brewer. I swear to God. Designing, yeah, exactly. Designing Great Beers by uh, Ray Daniels and How to Brew yeah. got me through everything. Papazian's book is cool, I guess. I mean, it's sort of like looking through like old newspaper clippings to see the advertisements for the first bicycle. It's like, okay, but I'm not going to put a whole fucking chicken in my, my wart. So yeah. that's fine. But yeah, you know, those are the two books. Man. Man. Had to, How the to complete joy of homebrewing was yeah. all we had in 1990 when right. I started. No, no, for sure. That I, was it. I had to read it in 98 when I started, but designing yeah. great beers and how to brew are the 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 two parts of the triangle, and the third part is brewing classic styles. That's the yeah. the triangle of yeah. of home brewing knowledge, right there. The trifecta. Yeah. yeah. As, as, you, as <laughs> yeah. I told you guys, Definitely. John Palmer and I used to work together at McDonnell Douglas in Huntington Beach in the eighties before either one of us ever before the brewing network even. Probably you and Justin weren't even born yet at that point. Uh, oh yeah, no, I'm seventy seven, <laughs> baby. Let's go. I'm, I'm old. But, you know, that was uh, <laughs> but I look that's just kind of a funny thing. It is cool. Yeah. You know, you can always search the web for something like BJCP online exam prep class. Hmm. Be a little wary of sources that you don't have any familiarity with, though, because people can generate their own PowerPoints and PDFs and videos and whatever. And they may be perfectly right. But if you don't have any way of knowing that. <laughs> Uh, they might be giving you totally wrong information. Mm -hmm. So it's potentially a resource, but be careful. Uh, there are a lot of things that can be informative, but not authoritative. Let's maybe put it that way. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, everyone's a different kind of learner, right? I, I like flashcards. I made a lot of flashcards when I took the, uh, the exam my first time. You know, second time, third time, I made a, a deck of flashcards this thick out of just index cards. That was good for me. A lot of people that's not good for. Uh, some people like to listen to things. So, hey, Brewing Network, you know, Dr. Homebrew, Brew Strong has a lot of good information that way. You know, make, make your own uh, outlines out of the information you find. You know, find some way to synthesize the stuff that you read in a way that makes sense to you and that you can refer back to and it's compact enough that you can pack it all into your brain. Right. Uh, maybe maybe make a list of things you have a hard time remembering, or you don't. You always kind of don't get right when you're you're thinking about them. You know, everyone's different, and you you know how you, listeners, you know how you learn individually. So just kind of import that into getting ready for taking taking the exam. A good way to to reinforce what you're learning is to teach someone else. So, yes, you know, maybe if, if you partner up with somebody who's also t trying to take the test, too, then you can just sort of maybe like uh, debrief each other on what you just learned or like, hey, we're going to talk about yeah. porters. Maybe you have a Zoom call, you'll research porters, and then you guys just kind of bullshit back and forth because yeah. you telling that person will reinforce in your uh, brain what you're learning. That's totally right. That's yeah. definitely, definitely true. Yeah. Of course it is. I said it. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I learned by it. doing and like yeah our, 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 I learned by teaching a lot too my, my my judging mentor Dave Techum came in and said you can do this and like he gave us an introductory 
kind of speech about how to become a judge. And like, I'm like, we can, we can form a class. I'll teach <laughs> some of them maybe. And like some other guys yeah. can teach some, we'll just find all the people in a region yeah. that, that can teach and make it work. So we exactly, did. <laughs> exactly. Now it's, it's I, easy I with a homebrew this... club, but when you're remote, yeah, yeah, it's a different, a little different animal. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Now, 10 years, I left this near the end. 10 years ago, there were a number of, uh, fee-based online BJCP prep courses. I think there was like more than one company doing that. I didn't mm. ever do it myself. I have no opinion one way or another about whether they were any good or not. I don't seem, I took a quick look today, this afternoon. I didn't seem to find any of those anymore. That may have been a thing that came and went. I mean, maybe that's a thing that works for you. Maybe not. I'm not going to encourage or discourage anyone from doing that. Uh, but there are so many free resources available, uh, unless some particular class that's a fee-based class really speaks to you. Uh, I don't know that it's really worth uh, the money to do that. And if you're going to spend money, you know, spend $10, take the exam just with no prep. Seriously, take the exam, run through it, kind of get an idea for what it's going to be like. You know, it's, it's an easy, cheap way to kind of get a feel for it. You won't get through all the questions. You're probably not going to pass. Hey, if you pass totally by accident, pff, that's awesome. You've just, <laughs> hey, you've just beaten the system right there. Uh, but it gives you some idea of what you're going to be getting ready for. And it's not like you're taking what, like the SATs or something. And God knows what they charge for that these days. And that's your know, multi-hour commitment and everything else. It's simple to spend $10 and sit down for an hour and take the exam and get an idea of what it is. So now you've, let's assume well, there's also you've taken a, a free, uh, like 20 question, uh, practice exam you can take quickly. Like you can just like get it to even get a quicker feel for what it is. And if you like answer, you know, 18 out of 20 correctly, you're a master. Well, where, level, where, so you're where fine. is that, Brian? You take the holes. Where, where is that? Um, if you, if you go through the, you go through the link. Uh-oh. So that, uh, the, the damn, at least there was when I when I did it. So on BJCP.org, um, yeah, go to the saying? exam center. Um, yeah, it's on BJCP.coursewebs.com. Okay, course. Let me make sure it's still there. What is I with? Might be talking out can of we my just ass, talk shit about the BJCP oh, real fast? Account. What What is with the? There's like different. <laughs> there's dev.bj. Why isn't it all just BJCP.org? What is what is going on over there? Everyone over there is very smart and very detail oriented, except when it comes to the website. <laughs> I have to agree with you, JP. Thank you. Uh, but Cooper's yeah, not going to say You anything. can find it. I think if you search for like practice exam, you can find it. Uh, yeah. And that's definitely, yeah, save yourself 10 bucks at the very beginning. Yeah, try try the 20 question one, see what yeah. happens. You know, um, um, yeah. So let's assume that you've taken the online exam, yeah. you've passed. The next step is taking the beer judging exam. Okay. Now, this is one that you're going to have to take in person, but it doesn't mean you can't prep for it by yourself. So check bjcp.org slash exams for the BJCP exam schedule. Uh, it may be a while before one of those gets held near you, especially in our current uh, situation. Uh, and it's going to depend on your state and your location. Uh, and if you're remote enough that you're listening to this and thinking about doing it by yourself, even though you're not quarantined, you're probably going to have the travel. Uh, so you might want to uh, 
you might want to hold off on anything that's going to require you to travel for a little while so you're not, you know, wasting your time and, and, and money on that. But in the long run, you know, it'll be a thing you can kind of just get ready for and, and travel to that exam. Now, on the exam schedule, there's a list of dates, locations, and organizers. And there's each one of those things is on like one line. Uh, and it'll give you, say, you click on the person's name and that'll pull up uh, uh, email. So you can send them an email, ask about if there's space, what's going on. Uh, and there's usually a phone number for them if you're more of a, I want to call somebody uh, type person. So you can check whether the exam is happening, whether it's full, uh, how likely they think it is it's going to happen uh, in the future. And you can get a spot reserved for that. And frankly, if you want to, if you're going to do that, I'd recommend that you get a time reserve because if you're like me, if you have a specific time, that'll motivate you to actually get ready and do it. And if it's an indefinite time in the future that I'll do it sometime in the next year, I'll guarantee you it'll be a year after you take the online exam and you won't have taken the beer judging exam. You know, you just need to have something nailed down. Now, how do you prepare for that on your own? Well, you need to get familiar with a lot of different beer styles. And if you're a listener of this show and you are a home brewer and you like beer, you're probably pretty familiar with a lot of styles already. Uh, it's harder to learn to identify what's a great example of a style and identify flaws on your own, but it, it is doable. So you can essentially do what you would do in a homebrew club, do a BJCP training class, but do it by yourself. You know, focus on one or two styles per evening. Uh, buy some classic examples of the beers. BJCP has a list of the classic examples of everything. Uh, to get a variety, you may have to order some online uh, because there are so very many styles, uh, especially if you're really remote. You may not have a good liquor store within 50 or 100 miles of you, meaning you're going to have to find, and I'm not going to try to recommend online uh, beer uh, sales places. Uh, you can find, you know, 10 doing a Google search and it's not, not a big deal. Uh, but you'll need to make yeah. sure that you've got like a set of beers uh, for each style. You know, you'll pull a beer. You'll write I would a say sport. too. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. You just got to what I was going to say. You want to, you want to write, you want to write down your impressions of the beer while looking at the style guidelines mm -hmm. and practice, start, start practicing doing that. Cause that's key. You have to write, and you have to write yep. fairly quickly because you only have about, you know, 15 minutes per beer yeah. uh, on the exam day to get through it. And it goes pretty quick. Yeah, so practice exactly. writing. One, one on thing that, that helped me when I was preparing for, for my, my exam is when I realized that when, you, when you're actually at a judging table and you're judging the beers, you can have the style guidelines in front of you. Yeah. So oh, what, yeah. It, what that did is it sort of took all, all the pressure off because I was just assumed – that you had to know all this shit off the top of your head for every style. And it was like, there's no way I'm going to do this. But I talked so much shit about judging that I had, I had to just follow through with it. Right. But it's, you can, you can totally do this. So you don't have to memorize because the, the test is, or the, the, the point of judging is to compare what you're tasting versus the style guidelines. So it's more of a yep. palate and a memory um, sort of training as far as your, your taste buds go and not necessarily uh, remembering every nuance about a beer that helps, right. but it's JP, give me the OG range for a doppelbock. That's acceptable. Go. Yeah. Like no one like fucking, you yeah. know, 10, 12 to 10, 
5,500. I don't know, man. <laughs> but it's like, it's like that, right? Wrong. So that's the point of BJCP. Again, it's not, it's not because it's not to pick out flaws. It's to say how it compares to the guidelines and that's it. So, yeah. so don't think it's more than that's what it, it is. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, maybe target doing six or seven in an evening like when we would do uh, my homebrew club, where we would do the prep classes, we'd probably have you know, X number of weeks for it. We'd meet like every, we'd pick a day and just do yeah. that for yourself. Pick a day that every week you're going to do it on, say, a Tuesday night. And you're going to have like six or seven samples. Good Lord, don't try to drink those six or seven bottles in their entirety on a Tuesday night. <laughs> right. Just pour, pour yourself like an ounce or two like you would in a competition. You can go back when you're done and have a little more if you want. Uh, but write up a score sheet just like you were in a competition. Uh, now, one thing that can be helpful, I think, is if you have a friend or a family member that's you know in your home or nearby that wants to come and help you, have them write, try to write a score sheet too or just even write a few notes about what they think. And then when you're done, show what you've done to them and just see what they think about it. Do they agree? Do they disagree? Do you go back and each of you sip it again? Do you taste you know, diacetyl or cardboard? Do you taste uh, uh, you know, citrus hops? Do you taste tropical hops? Do you taste you know, bread crust? You know, all these different things that might be flavors you get in the beer. Yeah. If, if there's someone that's nearby that's, you know, your friend or your family members wants to help you, they don't have to know a lot about beer to be able to give you some confirmation about maybe what you're tasting or not. Don't put too much stock in it because everyone's palate's different. And maybe people who aren't really trained aren't going to pick out some of these things, but it can give you some kind of validation. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Hey, Brian, before you get to the next segment, which is how to prepare for the written exam, let's take a yeah. quick break. We're going to uh, jump out to a break. We're going to come right back. Dr. Homebrew, Brian is running down how to prepare for the BJ, BJ Petepeter, the BJC exam, in this whole quarantine life of ours. So you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Before we get back to Brian Shar, I want to remind you that you're probably pretty hairy downstairs, and I don't. There's no judgment there, but the folks at Manscaped probably want to help. Manscaped.com with their new Lawnmower 3.0. We've talked about the Lawnmower 2.0 for a little bit now, but they've updated it, so now it's the 3.0. And if you used the 2.0 before, well, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin-safe technology. So now your scrotum and any other sensitive area, let's be honest, because these aren't just for men, they're for women as well if you want to use them. Um, any sensitive area will be safe from uh, bleeding out when you cut yourself because everybody does that inevitably. That's just what happens. I don't know why. Just That's what it is. But Manscaped want to change that game. So um, they have an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. The new motor is a 7,000 RPM motor with something called quiet stroke technology. It means it's quieter. It's not as loud as the other one. It's faster. It's not as loud as a light. It will do better at protecting your nether regions. And 
trimming them down to a desirable length. So check it out. Manscaped.com, the new lawnmower 3.0. You get 20% off plus free shipping with code BREWING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping, code BREWING, manscaped.com. That's all you need to know. Yeah. All right, Brian, go ahead, please. So at some point when my 2.0 and I blow the motor out with all of the uh, uh, hard work it has to do, 3.0 is going to be for me. That's right, baby. You got it. All right. So let's assume you've taken the rod line exam. You've taken the beer, uh, the tasting exam. uh, You've got a rank and you want to move up to national or or something higher. So you might be there now and thinking, well, what do I do to actually prepare for that exam by myself? Well, First thing, you check the BJCP exam schedule just like you would for the, uh, uh, the tasting exam. Uh, you know, keep your study materials from the online exam. Don't throw them away. You spent, I suspect you, you will have spent a lot of time making an outline or flashcards or whatever helped you out. Keep that. That can be a base for whatever you're going to need to get into some more detail with, with the beer written exam. Now, this exam has five questions. Uh, there are sorry, five essay questions and 20 true and false questions. And all of those questions are in the BJCP beer exam study guide. And that sounds really easy. Oh, I just got to remember like five questions and five, 20 true and false. The thing is, the essay questions are almost all of them like the compare and contrast A, B, and C. And you look at that and it's this giant spreadsheet of all the A can be 40 things, and B can be 40 things, and C can be 40 things. So it's not quite as simple as it sounds, but it's also not quite as difficult as you might think it is. It it seems a little intimidating at first. Yeah, because these are all formulaic too, right? And and that's what the people who come up with these tests and 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 the people who are grading your test too, like you guys have graded tests exams, I imagine. Um, there there's a formula for answering. It's just, it's just like back in high school or even middle school, yeah. to be honest with you. It's like compare and contrast. I I can't remember. Mine was like Doppelbach or something else. Some one of my written questions was, oh, it was the final one was like write a recipe for Doppelbach and explain why it matches the style or some bullshit. Yeah. And I'm like, that to me that was the hardest fucking question. Because yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't. The, the recipe question is that's the hardest question. It is because I, sure. I don't have that yeah. like memory, like I don't care. And to me, honestly, I thought that was the the least valuable question because it shouldn't. To me, I'm like I, it shouldn't matter. But anyway, um, it, it, that was that was very tough for me because I had I was I had to sit there and figure out some shit but comparing and contrasting mm. it's it is like this is the same and this is different mm-hmm. and and this is where they sort of cross yeah. it's yeah. It, it don't overthink it you can do it no you can no. do it and you know what at the end of the day the recipe question there's kind of a limited number of styles they ask and kind of the i think the appropriate attack for that question is don't get too deep in the weeds don't worry about oh my god my og has to be you know, 1052 to 1054. Now, it's going to ask you for a Doppelbach, for example. What kind of malts are you going to have in a Doppelbach? Going to be German malts. You know, what kind of hops are you going to have? You're going to have German hops. So mm-hmm. think of a, even if your recipe isn't perfect, you know, write down some, you know, some German malts, you know, Pilsner malt, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Munich malt, 
you know, some things and, and don't just pull it out of your ass, but you're going to have some preparation <laughs> for it. But demonstrate right. that you yeah. have some knowledge that German beer has German ingredients. Exactly. That's that's what the the and that's what I did. And I I didn't do really well on my on my written. But you know, here's here's the thing. Maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but just get just get ranked. I think I'm like recognized. Yeah. Like it's like the lowest rank in the fucking universe. But you can move up really easily. So like you were saying, just pay the ten bucks early on. Uh, pay the ten bucks yeah. and figure out what what the test is about. And that will help you. And then you can also build rank by doing other competitions and doing things. You don't need to like exactly. ace the test to to no. to gain rank like that. So don't don't yeah. put so much pressure on yourself that you freak out. It's not the sommelier exam. You know what I mean? It's it's just the beer judging exam. So it's God, nothing is yeah. the song. Just, yeah, I, I still right? want to watch some. Just, yeah. Oh, that's a great that's a great doc, <laughs> just, dude. Some is good. Yeah. So I would you'll say need to start get, out. Yeah, get. Uh, get the rank you can and start judging with other people. Yeah. That's where I learned the most in my early career was working with like, I just signed up for competitions. I was the, you know, the, the certified judge at the, uh, that was judging with national and other judges. Uh, and like just sitting down and like talking about the beers with those people helps you learn a lot. Um, there's also yeah. a show several episodes back where we go through what's expected on a BJCP score sheet. That's really yeah. good for practicing for the, yeah. the tasting exam, the beer judging exam. And completeness is part of that, you know, like filling in a score sheet completely, not leaving any blank space, just commenting as completely how much and what kind of malt, how much and what kind of hops, how much in the aroma yeah. and the flavor and everything. Just commenting completely. And you, if you can do yep. completeness and, and use pretty descriptive language about the beer and pick some of the things out that the proctors who are judging the beer with you are getting, you'll do pretty well. And yeah. you might even do really well, but yeah. you know, just keep practicing at it. And if you don't do great at first, you know, work with other people and, and try. And like for the written, sometimes making charts about all those beer recipes, it's intimidating yeah. at first. It's like make a really basic recipe for a double block, make a really basic recipe for the other styles that are called for on that. And yeah. you can piece it together. Some people do really well with charts. Some people do really well with flashcards, yeah. figure out your learning style and and make it work for you. And yeah. If you email us, you know, Brian at the brewing network.com, not just to send us beer for the show, which we do welcome by the way, but, um, I I'm happy to help out anyone who wants to learn more about judging. I have yeah. some resources I can share from, from what I use yeah. and, and, and Brian does, does as well. I'm sure that yeah, we're, know, we're both happy help to help out. anyone that would like, like some assistance and you know, I'll, I'll digress for a little bit before talking about prep for this exam is that, you know, I've, I've been a judge for probably almost 20 years at this point. And like any hobby, you're going to have times in your life where maybe you don't have as much time or you have more time or you have, you know, an increased interest or a decreased interest. You know, I was a national for probably eight, 10 years, and I was perfectly happy being a national judge. It was great. Uh, and I was kind of tired of retaking the exam. And I just kind of said, you know what, I'm perfectly happy being a national level judge and I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then I don't even know what kind of motivated me to be like, you know what? I'm so close. I have all these points. I have all this. I'm just going to take, I need to just take the exam as many times as I need to take it again and get the points to be, or get the score I need to advance to master and grandmaster. And that's okay. Right. There's Fine. nothing that says you have to, uh, after you do that initial uh, online exam and initial tasting exam, there's nothing that says you can't be perfectly happy being recognized or certified the rest of your life, 
Maybe if you take this, uh, the beer written exam and be a national, you don't have to, no one's judging you. I mean, you're judging beer. No one's saying you're better or worse person. It's just a thing that you want to do or don't want to do. Right. Right. Exactly. That's all it is. Yeah. All right, yeah. Brian, we got about five yeah. minutes left. So if you want okay, to so just I've give easily, me a couple, give me a couple, two, three things left and we're out of here. What's that? Easily finish this up quick. Okay. Let's go. So you, by the time you're ready, you got to get even more information in your head for this. But by the time you take this beer written exam, I think you've got a lot of information about what your blind spots are. You know, try. it's hard to be honest with yourself about uh, about yourself, right? That's like a really, I'm not just talking about beer judging. That's a difficult thing for most people, myself included, to be honest with yourself about yourself. But you're going to have the try if you're doing this by yourself. And think about what are your blind spots? Is it styles, like identifying them and the details? Is it flaws, you know, identifying off flavors or knowing their causes? Is it process? Is it recipe formulation? You know, be honest with yourself about what you're having a hard time with and then focus on that when you're focusing on preparing for the exam. You know, dive deeper into the materials we talked about for the uh, exam prep for the online exam and the tasting exam. You'll need them and you'll need probably more detail about that. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit before. Have you, by this point, you will have met judges at competitions. You may have their emails. You know, hopefully, you're at least kind of friendly with some other people, even though you might live you know, 500 miles away uh, and you just happen to get together at some central place to judge beer once or twice a year. You know, send, them, uh, send them an email. See if they want to study with you on Zoom or talk to you or do whatever. Uh, you know, it never hurts. Worst they can do is say, no, I don't have time. Sorry. You know, most people <laughs> in, in the homebrew community, you know, most people are pretty friendly and there's very few jerks. You know, I've, in my experience, maybe it's cause, you know, here in the Bay area, that's just how the community is. But I've been to homebrew con enough times that most people in this hobby and this community are really friendly and really giving and more than happy to help you. If you ask for help, uh, you know, use social media to see if there might be someone, if you don't know that might want to study with you virtually, you know, uh, the BJCP uh, Facebook uh, group, you know, there's other things. I'm just throwing one thing out there. There's different ways to meet people to study virtually. Uh, and that's about it. You know, by the time you take that exam, you've got a lot of a pretty good idea about what's happening out there, pretty good idea about what you need to study. Uh, and you'll just keep at it and you will do well on, on that one and advance to national eventually if that's what you want to do. And that's about it. Perfect. I think that sounds great. It's a pretty good uh, glossing over, man. We can honestly do a whole, a whole show on how to do. Yeah. Maybe even a whole series, right? On how to prepare yeah. for it because it, I mean, when, yeah, when we do judging courses, it's ten weeks of you yeah. know classes to, to prepare for this stuff. It, this is a very, it's a high level yeah. glossing over, but it's you don't have to be that intimidated by it. You can start out right. simple. Try to take the practice exam. Read a lot. That's read a right. Lot, read a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's and a good point. Is just get off your butt and, and you know, if you think you want to do it, get off your butt. Take get ready for the online exam and just do it. It's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you have an interest in it, you probably already know half of what you need to know. Yeah. And right now, I want JP to get off his butt and go make himself a damn burrito <laughs> or something. Well, Brian, that's what I got married I, for. So you know, I don't know. Anyway. 
Um, Char, okay. thanks a lot. I appreciate that very much. Thanks to Evan for sending us that beer wolf. Not me, but the other yeah. two boys that beer, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. It sounded it was great. awful. I wish you would have sent me the IPA, but it was pretty damn good. In there. Of course I you did. I drank the whole thing. And I, yeah. You're broken on the inside, that's why. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot very much for listening to the show. If you want to be on the show, email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. And Mr. Brian Cooper will take care of your email, and he will make sure that you have all the information that you need to appear on this awesome podcast of ours. That's Brian with an I, by the way. That's right. There's no other way to spell it. Incorrect. Um, All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and uh, I really appreciate it. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Don't complain about it. Uh, We'll get through this just fine. All right. Thank you. Don't die. Stay six feet apart. All that. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.